Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. All right. Welcome, welcome to the Cinema Rag. This is Gregory, and I hope you're doing well today. Today, we are going to review the Star Wars 9. I was a Star Wars fan growing up as a kid. I am a man in my 40s, so it's certainly with two older brothers. So certainly, Star Wars was very pivotal to me and for me when I was a child. Later, when the prequels came out, I was in my late 20s, and of course, I saw those. And then it's funny, full circle, when the new iteration came out, the J.J. Abrams one, I was able to take my young children so they could experience at the theater. So we're going to review the nine. We're going to stay away. I'll probably mention a little solo and I mean, maybe we'll discuss Rogue One, but we're going to stay away from from the the non-canon stuff like the the, the the cartoons and so forth and uh the the content that's coming off on disney like the mandalorian and andor and, and things like that so let's get to it so we're gonna go from worst to best i feel the worst of these nine movies is attack of the clones attack of the clones is hideously bad now look the, the prequels in themselves are bad i i think you look at it and it's somewhat generational because I will talk to millennials who like the prequels because they were children when the prequels came out. But people of my age have a lot of disdain for the prequels. And I think with time, you you kind of see them in a different view. But I don't think anybody can disagree. And it's not like I've, I've reviewed reviews of Star Wars movies before I did this. This is totally on me. Didn't look anything up. This is just my personal opinion. Attack of the Clones is just horrible. And part of the part of problem with the prequels is just... The use of the CGI, the overuse of the CGI, and just focusing too much on Trade Federation problems and so forth. And I think out of the three prequels, this movie is the worst. The ending is stupid. I remember just like seeing Yoda jumping around and doing somersaults when he's fighting. A lot of people thought that was cool. But this is a bad movie. It's just simply just a horrifically bad movie. And I'm not going to spend too much time on Attack of the Clones. The eighth worst Star Wars movie, in my opinion, is Phantom Menace, which was 1999. Attack of the Clones was 2002. I remember being in Hawaii with my girlfriend at the time, who later became my wife, who later became my ex-wife. I remember waiting in line, and we were both excited about this because it had been 15, 16 years since Jedi came out. And at that time, remember, there was no Mandalorian. There was no content really coming out aside from books. So we were all excited, and it was kind of like it reminded me of that South Park episode where the kids go see the new Indiana Jones movie, and they come out, and they're like blinded, and they're so angry when they go see Crystal Skulls. I remember coming out of that movie and how just everyone was disappointed. And now with hindsight of over 20 years, we kind of know why people were disappointed. Jar Jar Binks, that character was horrible. It didn't really work. Again, a lot of focus on the Trade Federation and, and senatorial uh, parliamentary debate issues, overuse of CGI. I particularly didn't like young Anakin. The, the actor was fine, but the pod race, eh. I mean, the best parts 
of Phantom Menace is, of course, going to be with the best actors. So when Liam Neeson's in there, when Ewan McGregor is in there, they do a great job. Kui Gong I always forget, mispronounce his name. Um, great character. And look, I think Darth Maul is a great villain. It's sad that they killed him off, and I know they somehow bring him back later, but how they kill him off so early, because he was a great, and if you look into the future, two prequels, he's much better than the the Darths. The, what was what was the weird robot dude? I mean, just some of these villains were just Count Dooku. It's like, can we not get a better name than Count Dooku? It's just, it's just it sounds like you're just saying Count Dooku. It's just so stupid. Darth Maul was a great villain. He had a great lightsaber, and I mean that part I liked. And but anything with with Jar Jar Binks and the and the fight at the end was bad. Portman's a great actress, but she's way too wooden. And of course. Well, we didn't talk about it in Attack of the Clones, but she's got no chemistry with Hayden Christensen. I think most people can look back and say that was poor casting, that we could have done a better job of finding an Anakin for uh, two and three. And they just have no chemistry. And Portman isn't that good in this movie. If you didn't know, Rose Byrne plays her doppelganger. You know, they do the little flip. And uh, she plays the doppelganger there. So she's got a little cameo here. And I think Keira Knightley is in this as well. You know what? I think it's Keira Knightley. It's not Rose Byrne. I think it's Keira Knightley who plays the doppelganger. My apologies on there. Uh, so if, if if you look at the at the kind of and look, it's a lot like New Hope. There's going to be exposition. There's going to be build up. So I understand that, and so that's why I think it's a decent movie where you have to take out certain parts to make it really good. But anything with with the two Jedi's and just kind of building up the exposition of what's this world is great. Um, the seventh best Star Wars movie is going to be Rise of Skywalker, which is the last of the newer versions. I saw Rise of Skywalker, and this is the only Star Wars movie I've seen one time. The originals I've seen innumerable times. The prequels I've seen probably, to be honest, it's been 20-something years, but but maybe three times, four times. This is the only Star Wars movie I've seen once. I saw it with my kids at the time, and this was, what would this be, 2019, three years ago, four years ago almost. My kids were eight, six, four, and even they came out of the movie like, eh. <laughs> so I mean, if, and kids have no taste at that age, right? They have no taste, and they're like, eh. This movie is not memorable. I mean, they have to bring back Palpatine, Palpatine, which which is poor, poor writing. Look, we'll talk about Last Jedi because Last Jedi, I think, is the, the pivot of that of that trilogy. They got to bring back Palpatine, which is great. Like I think Palpatine's a great character, and we'll talk about when we get to the last of the prequels. But I mean, Ray and Kylo Ren. I just the casting of Daisy Ridley, I think, is 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 an issue. I think the issues with Oscar Isaac. I think they over they didn't use him well. They, he wasn't even supposed to be in this trilogy. It was supposed. They were originally intended to combine Finn and Poe Dameron into one character, and I think that would have been smart. I think they should have kept Oscar Isaac and gotten rid of Boyega, Boyega's character. But either way, the, the movie's not memorable. It's not a memorable movie. It's not a good movie. And yeah, it's my seventh favorite. My sixth favorite is going to be Revenge of the Synth. Now this is this is tough for me because there's three movies that I would kind of clap like pit together but the, the first three i've mentioned i think are just the worst three in my opinion revenge of the sith is the best of the prequels and it, it culminates in a lot of important events of course and it can be coming darth 
Vader and the, the the final fight scene between him and Anakin. You get the kind of origin story of Darth Vader, and this is Palpatine at his best. And I think probably, in my opinion, the best character and plot development of the prequels is the emergence of Palpatine turning into Palpatine, right? So at the beginning, he's a senator and so forth. And how he corrupts Anakin is great because you can kind of, it's a universal theme. We know that Star Wars, Lucas borrowed a lot from Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces. And so the, the, the idea of getting corrupted by a mentor who has uh, a duplicitous and nefarious intention for you is very universal. And so I think that is the most interesting kind of theme about how he's getting slowly corrupted. And then this all culminates in, in this movie. And this movie does have its moments. I think another horrible miscast is Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu because growing up, you're so used to like British accents or American accents for all these characters. And then Samuel L. Jackson says, yo, brother, it's it's like, I feel like he's Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. And he, and he comes in and he's just so horribly miscast. I mean, I think it, it's not a question that he's black. They could have brought in maybe someone like Lawrence Fishburne or somebody who has like a more refined uh, range, more more range and just have that as a role. But it's a good movie. Look, it's it's got moments and it's got a good build up and it, it's a decent movie. It's best of the prequels, but still it's going to be my sixth favorite. My fifth favorite movie, and this is going to be a bold take, is Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Look, I was 10, 9, when Jedi came out, I do remember seeing the theaters. I have two older brothers. And of course, this was a big deal at the time because Star Wars was humongous after New Hope and, and Empire. And look, I didn't like it at the time for the Ewoks. The Ewoks, this was the first movie where Lucas starts pandering to the kids. And the Ewoks are completely unnecessary, right? They're walking little teddy bears and they try to elicit their response. Remember, there's that scene where the two Ewoks are running and there's an explosion and one dies and then one is shaking him and we're supposed to get sad. I was nine and I wasn't sad. I was like, get rid of these Ewoks. They're annoying. Then they think that Luke is a god or, or C-3PO is a god and that whole thing. Just, just get rid of the freaking Ewoks. Now, what works in Jedi? Again, the Emperor. I mean, the Emperor is amazing. So, the the whole the whole development of Luke coming back as a Jedi, kind of learning from his his arrogance and his impulsivity in Empire Strikes Back, and coming back as calm, cool, collective Jedi Master Luke, with the whole jab of the hut scene, and seeing the development between him and his father, and him dealing with his, learning that his father, of course, is is Darth Vader, and all their scenes together, and later all their scenes at the end of the movie with the Emperor is amazing, because you, you you have so much invested in these characters at this point that it's amazing. Now, the part I hate is anything dealing with the Ewoks. The other thing I hate is what made the first two movies great. One of the great things is the tension and the great dialogue, the, the witty banter and tete-a-tete between Leia and Han Solo. And by the third movie, they're, it's gone, right? It's gone and there's 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 no creativity in their dialogue and they try to bring back the I love you and they flip it around where Leia gets shot and, and Han and she says, uh, he says, I love you. And, he see, and she says, I know. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. They're boring in this movie. And Harrison Ford was right. He should have been killed off in this movie. They're boring. But the ending is great. I mean, blowing up a new Death Star. We'll talk about in Force Awakens. Like how, how cliche is this? How many times do we have to blow up a Death Star? But overall, it's a great movie. It's, it's my number five. And I know that's a hot take, but it's, it's mostly because of my utter disdain for the, the, the Ewoks and for... 
Han and Solo not having any fiery dialogue. All right, my number four. Ooh, this is going to be tough. I'm probably going to put Last Jedi as four. Now, Star Wars purists, of course, are going to be very angry by this because we know Ryan Johnson is very polarizing on this movie. So hear me out. Let me tell you the things I hate about this movie. Johnson is an iconoclast. He wanted to kind of separate this Star Wars from all the other Star Wars. And he does a great job, right? He kills off, I mean, he essentially kills off Leia. He kills off Luke. He kind of wants, with that last scene, to to have this idea that it's not about the blood, who, who can hold this power, right? The kid grabs the broom so anyone can have the force. But the whole idea of Leia being shot into space and flying in space like Mickey Mouse drove me crazy. It drove me freaking crazy because, look, again, we're only looking at the nine movies. There's nothing established in those movies in the previous canon that Leia has force ability that she's used, right? So we know she has it. It's mentioned in the original movies. But to go from that to her being able to just turn it on and fly in space like Peter Pan is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The other thing I don't like is that they kill Akbar. God bless Akbar. I love Akbar. The other thing is they, they kill the Snoke. Okay, so the the the, the scene where Kylo Ren and and Ray are fighting, I think is beautifully crafted. It's beautifully crafted when they're fighting the bodyguards. I think it's stunningly beautiful. But the problem with killing Snoke, and of course now we know they bring back Palpatine for the ninth movie, but you didn't know it at the time, was there was no tension, right? So Snoke is kind of shown in Force Awakens, and then he, he plays a prominent role here. And by killing him off, you knew there was no tension because they had not introduced a bad guy yet. So you knew that, okay, now what? Now we know what, what? Now we know that Kylo Ren's going to be the bad guy. And I think killing him off was a great disservice. And then you realize later on that when J.J. Abrams was brought back for, for the ninth movie, they didn't really have it played, panned out. It's kind of like Lost, which is a connection with J.J. Abrams, how they didn't know how that TV show was going to end. It's kind of the same thing here. They didn't really know how they were going to finish off this sequel when they were doing uh, Jedi. And so by killing Snoke, it kind of left a vacuum of bad guy because there was no other bad guy that they had introduced. But the movie is visually quite stunning. It's quite stunning. It's it's very beautiful filmmaking. I think it is the most visually stunning of the nine movies. And it's nice. Now, look, talk about Finn. Just how many unrealistic scenes. So Finn flying his spacecraft into that laser beam that's supposed to be strong enough to blow up the door but somehow doesn't incinerate him that's stupid the character of rose is stupid the character of them going to that casino planet is a complete waste of time so there's there's issues i have with the movie but i'll say overall just because it's it's visually stunning i'm gonna put it high up and if i gotta choose between this jedi and Sith, which are the three I talked about, I have it kind of bunched up. I'll put this one in just because it's visually stunning and I can overlook all the things I hate about how it destroyed kind of the legacy. My third favorite movie is going to be Force Awakens. Now, when Force Awakens came out, we were all kind of hyped about it. We're excited. New characters. They bring back the old characters. They kind of do Jurassic Park Dominion. You know, they bring back the old characters and J.J. Abrams directed this. 
and it's it's entertaining look it's got good dialogue it's got good humor it's got good that the score is great you know williams is doing the scores for all these things it's great bringing back han and introducing han and chewbacca is great in retrospect how many times do we need to blow up a starbase can they come up with a new plot contrivance every movie it seems like we're we're needing to blow up a movable planet and star killer base whatever is essentially the death star how many times do we have to bring this up right just blow up oh blow it come on adam driver casted as kylo ren is great he's great in this daisy ridley you know look look at her career since then right she did uh, murder on the orient express but Look at her role. She did Ophelia, but that was small. The roles tell you everything you need to know about Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. He hasn't gotten a lot. Oscar Isaac was a great coup to get. And he and, and Kylo Ren or Adam Driver were, were really great casting. The movie's great. Uh, knowing that Han Solo, I knew Han Solo was going to die in this because I had known that Ford hated this character. And for some reason, he loves Indiana Jones, but he hated... He hated the uh, character of Han Solo. So he was supposed to die, as I mentioned, at the end of Jedi. But him coming back, I knew I was like, okay, well, this was probably the deal he made with Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. Like, I'm coming back, but you're going to kill me. So him dying was great. I was always complaining because, like, you think of Chewbacca. Chewbacca is watching what's going on when Kylo Ren kills his dad. Spoiler alert. I mean, come on. It's been seven years. And you would think Chewbacca would just lose it. And I just would have loved a scene because he starts shooting stormtroopers around. But I would just love to see where he just comes up and just rips out their sockets because, you know, the, the reference to him ripping out sockets is from New Hope just for him just losing it. But of course, you know, we got to pander to the kids and not offend the kids. But I would love to see that. And honestly, the best ending scene for me in Force Awakens is they're burying or of course they probably don't have han solo's body but they're having some sort of funeral for han and then at the very last shot you see luke's silhouette and you play the luke theme i think that would have been a great ending because he would know that his old friend's dead and he wants to come and help and so forth now the ending they did with ray handing him the lightsaber is great i think it's evocative it's great the music's great all that's great but i i personally i'm like you got to give an iconic character like Han Solo his funeral, right? I mean, some sort of funeral. Plus, you got Leia, of course, and all these things like that. So, Force Awakens is good. It's entertaining. I just think the plot, again, blowing up something, is is kind of stupid. But the throwbacks to the Millennium Falcon and, and and so forth, I think, is great. It's an entertaining movie. All right, my second favorite movie is going to be A New Hope. Now, New Hope, and, and, and you know, I don't think this is a hot take. I think most people think New Hope and Empire are the two best movies. The only reason I put New Hope number two is if you watch it from an outsider perspective, it does take time for the plot to build up. It's a, it's a good 45, yeah, 30, 45 minutes for the plot to build up. And for that reason, I'll put it number two. But you have to put it easily in the top three because this is the movie that establishes all the movies. Right? This is the one that introduces the characters. This is the movie that puts everything into motion this is you meet darth vader and you, it's funny because if you if you look at darth vader's star wars a new hope like the the costume is so laughably bad i mean the, the special effects are just laughably bad in a new hope when you look at it in retrospect and then i love carrie fisher's on and off again british accent that she has in this movie it's just laughably funny. Now, you know she's the daughter of Carrie Fisher, and she was very young. And I mentioned in a previous episode how she and Harrison Ford were having an affair during this movie. She admitted it in her memoirs before she passed away. And, of course, he was married at the time. And uh, 
the movie's just great. Look, bringing in Alec Guinness. I mean, I think most quotes come from a New Hope. These aren't the droids you're looking for. You know, just, there's just so many great, great I need to go to Wachashi Tate. She gets a power converters. You know, there's just so many great lines in this movie. Darth Vader's at his best in this movie, Empire, where he's just arbitrarily killing people who disappoint him. I mean, that's great. You don't really see that in later movies. Um, Han Solo. I mean, we're introduced to Han Solo in the bar. And, of course, Greedo didn't shoot first. They had to edit that out to, to rehabilitate Han Solo's image later on. But if you watch the original, come on, he did shoot first. But, I mean, how charismatic is Harrison Ford in this movie? He's just so amazingly good. You know, you look at Hamill. Is Hamill a good actor? Eh, you know, he, he plays again, going back to Campbell's here with Thousand Faces, the ingenues on the journey. They, in, in retrospect, they probably could have casted somebody better in retrospect, I would say. But he's he's fine in this movie. And you see the 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 character development of, of Luke, certainly from A New Hope all the way, definitely to the Jedi, where he's the mature guy, but all the way to uh, Last Jedi. It's it's great to see that character arc. They did a good job with that character overall. Now, how one of the other reasons I don't really like Last Jedi is how they kill off Luke. It's not a question of them killing Luke off, but I just think give him a better ending than just him evaporating into space. I just, I just did not like that ending. But New Hope, I mean, what can we say? New Hope's amazing. I, I'm not going to spend too much time here. And the best of the nine is Empire Strikes Back. Now, why do I think this? First of all, the movie flies by. It is essentially from the beginning on Hoth all the way to the end is just a joyride. There's really no lulls. I mean, is there like a pee break maybe in some of the scenes where Luke's getting trained by Yoda? Yeah. I mean, there's some slow, but... But the movie's con continuously moving. After the ice station, of course, they separate. So the, the heroes are in two separate plots. And you, they really don't reunite until the very end when they're, when they're on the, um, the, sky, the sky planet. But, I mean, look, the dialogue between Han Solo and Leia is just so good in this movie when they can't admit that they like each other. Fuzzy-looking nerf herder, you know, just... just, just it's just great. I think that I think that's from New Hope. <laughs> Get this walking carpet out of my way. I think that's from New Hope too. But again, if you look at the writing, the writing was never as good after Empire. In New Hope and Empire, the writing is sharp and funny and biting. And then it just gets so stale and Jedi. And certainly in the prequels, there's no equivalent. And that's one of the re reasons the prequels were flat. It's because there's no great dialogue. And of course, Hayden Christensen could pull it off, but there's no great dialogue in those movies. Where you look at Empire, the dialogue is great. It's funny, but the movie's also very poignant. Of course, the end, the no, when he finds out that Darth Vader is his father, which newsflash, Vader is father in German. So I guess we could have seen that coming. But the ending of that movie is great. Uh, just the whole movie when they find out they're in that worm's mouth when they're on the planet they're going through the asteroid belt this is darth vader at his meanest in this movie we're introduced to the emperor in this movie han getting frozen uh, i love you i know is great i mean the movie is just amazing and as a second act it's a sad ending and it's the only real star wars movie 
that has a sad ending. And that's the beauty of it, right? So you're on this trip, Empire Strikes Back. I think there could have been a better title than that. But you already know the Empire is gonna kind of get its re revenge. And at the end of Strikes Back, it's not a happy ending, right? So Luke's lost his hand, he's rehabilitating. They're gonna go look for Han, who's frozen, potentially dead. And uh, yeah, the, the rebellion is in, is, is in peril. So Empire, I think by far is, is the best movie and is eminently rewatchable. Now, Rogue One and Solo, I hate to say it, I remember I was in Newfoundland when I saw Solo when it came out because I was taking a trip to Canada by myself and I, I'd like, I've gone to every Canadian province and Newfoundland was the last one that, that I had to knock out. And I remember falling asleep in this movie. I did rewatch it again uh, when I had Disney Plus and it's all right. It's all right. I think it demonstrates that Amelia Clark is not a movie star and I think that's been demonstrated in her post Game of Thrones career. You could say the same thing about Alden Einreich. I mean, what, what has he done? Danny Glover is good in the movie. He brings a little color. Woody Harrelson's great. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, of course, from Fleabag fame. Great, great show. She's great. She's in the new Indiana Jones movie that they're doing. They already showed the trailer for that. She's great. Yeah. Now, Rogue One. I think Rogue One, the first half of Rogue One is very unwatchable. I mean, it's not unwatchable, but it's boring. Of course, there's buildup. And I think that's probably the second most beautifully filmed movie out of the Star Wars 11, I would say. It's pretty beautifully filmed. And you get the shore troopers. I remember when that movie came out, my son was like probably like 70. He's like, they have death troopers now and shore troopers. The movie's good. I think the acting is fine. Felicity Jones does a good job. I, I think the movie's fine, but the second half of the movie is really great. We already know what's going to happen to these characters, obviously, because they're the ones that brought the plans of the Death Star, and we know that they all die. How they die, though, we didn't know. And so the, the last half is great. Mendelssohn's a great villain, great character actor. Having him in the movie is great. And just watching these characters die is, is interesting. Now, None of these characters are really memorable in terms of their names. You're like, oh, there's the IT guy. Oh, there's the blind ninja kind of guy. Oh, there's the guy who's got the gun. So aside from Andor and Felicity Jones's character escaping my mind right now, you really don't have an attachment to these characters, but it is gripping and having it on the, 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 the play with Scarif, I think was the name of it, is beautiful. It's beautifully filmed seeing the... Uh, the Adats walking through there, and just the ending with Mendelssohn's great. And then the ending, the, the, the ultimate ending, where Darth Vader just kills everybody in that hallway is just great. Because again, they really mellowed out Darth Vader. And, just, and so to see Darth Vader just indiscriminately killing people is amazing. And then the ending of that movie when they give the CGI Leia that the plans for the Death Star, it just it's so great because then you can just seamlessly go into New Hope at the end of that movie. So I do like the end of Rogue One. The beginning of it, eh. But I didn't want to put in my nine because it's not one of the original movies. So go to Cinema Rag, the Facebook great page, and I'll post some questions there and you can do your own ranking of these movies. So in review, if I can get this right because I didn't write it down. Number nine, Attack of the Clones. Number eight, Phantom Menace. Number seven, Rise of Skywalker. Number six, Revenge of the Sith. Number five, Return of the Jedi. Number four, Last Jedi. Number three, Force Awakens. Number two, New Hope. Number one, Empire Strikes Back. 
go over there and post. I want to hear from you. Guys, until next time, take care. God bless. I pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.